Well, we haven't been kicked off the air yet, John Combest, have we? At episode number 10. Is this what you keep track of that kind of stuff, don't we're you? In, we're in double digits, Brad. Episode who would have number, ever thought we'd make it? I, I don't know who to tell you the truth. <laughs> this is Brad and John in the morning, uh, and we are on Egbert, E-G-G-B-U-R-T. I know people going, what? Egbert, read the website. You'll get it. If you want to see just specifically what Egg, Egbert Radio is all about, go to egbertonair.com, uh, and that'll tell you everything you need to know. Well, lots of stuff in the news today. John. Once again, for you first-time listeners, does a website called johncombest.com. And what he does is he trolls. Trolls is a bad word, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, how about scans? He scans. Much better word. He scans all the different news sources, radio, television, newspapers, uh, internet, all that kind of stuff. And he puts together a essentially an aggregated list of all the top political stories in the state of Missouri. Now, he does not necessarily... Uh, cover the metro areas like St. Louis and Kansas City, but he does because a lot of times the stories that come out of St. Louis and Kansas City have impact in the entire state. Did I get that pretty much correct? Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly right. So anytime there's a there's a local issue that involves our state representatives or state legislation or state government, I'll mention it. Right, and sometimes it goes vice versa, that there are things that, that are happening in the city, especially in St. Louis City, that are uh, being impacted in Jefferson City because, as we know, there's been some uh, interference. I want to say interference. That's probably the wrong word to use. Some outside, um, outside we, what do we call the Kim Gardner thing, where essentially she was uh, uh, booted out by the attorney general. Some outside influence. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a little bit of backroom deal-making there, a little bit of leverage pressure. Right. You think Meddling. She, Critics you, would call it meddling. You think she got some uh, money to walk away, or do you think they just made it so tough for her that she finally just resigned? I think, I think she heard from people she was close to um, in St. Louis City that were allies of her that told her that it was just time. And by the way, I think she probably would have gotten reelected if on the day she resigned, if there was a vote. Well, the people, the people get the government they deserve I keep, and the government they want. And I think she would have won reelection. I keep saying, and I know maybe I'm, <laughs> I aggravate people when I say this. I keep saying that's why Donald Trump may have a good chance of winning in 2024 because people are going like, okay, we're tired of this guy getting beat up on. Let's just put him back in office. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly something to that. You see his his disapproval ratings do not move no matter how many times he's indicted. Well, and the crazy thing is, is that no, you know, when all every time he got indicted, his 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 numbers went up. You know, I mean, typically, if you have any kind of a political uh, figure, state, you know, local, federal. If they get caught doing something and they're indicted or you know arrested or something like that, that's usually the kiss of death. Yeah, they're they're usually sure. pretty gone. You know, matter of fact, we can see that and happens in lots of different places, but not necessarily uh, with Trump. But anyway, that's a whole different story. So uh, John Combest does the JohnCombest.com site. It's C O M B E S T. John is common spelling J O H N. So give us the top three this morning, Mr. Combest. Top three would be in Congress. In Congress. Uh, Senators and representatives are discussing the defense bill, which is a huge monstrosity of legislation that includes a lot of money. Josh Hawley has said that he will vote against the defense bill unless there is money, adequate money, for victims of radiation in the St. Louis area. And that, so most listeners will remember this as being the Coldwater Creek issue, pollution from Malincrot and others back in the day. 
And that, today, Missouri Net has a story. U.S. Representative Sam Graves, who represents the northeast part of Missouri, uh, excuse me, the northwest part of Missouri, agrees with Josh Hawley and thinks that that, that that funding will indeed be included in the final defense bill. He thinks that it's Graves believes that it's not controversial and that that Coldwater Creek funding will indeed appear in the final defense bill. Well, and, and who's, you know, and I, I should know this. I went to the press conference out at the uh, the Weldon Springs uh, Rehabilitation Memorial, yep. whatever it is. The the local representative, the state representative, I can't remember her name. You know who I'm talking about? She's really, really big time into this. And she was the one that essentially set this this press conference up. That's where I ran into Bill Igel, and he was actually nice to me. Is but- it Cindy Bukite? I don't think, no, it's not her. She's she's like out in the West. I think, I, I think that's part what's weird about it is if you know uh representative west he's the former uh, right. former uh rep out there in in yeah. new Melly, or the, he was the mayor in new Melly. now he's a rep uh i think is, is richard west isn't it richard west it's richard west yep. richard, richard west i think that the 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 area there in weldon spring is in his congressional district but she's become become very interested in it because all it's the people trisha burns there you I'm go. sorry to interrupt but it's no trisha you're burns. exactly right no 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 thank you very much i appreciate that yeah and what's really interesting about it is a lot of people think it's all North County stuff, but a lot of it out there in the Weldon Spring area, that area essentially just south of Francis Howell High School, all the way down, and if you know where I'm talking about, uh, people who drive 94, once you go past uh, the high school there and you go all the way down to where 94 hits hits uh, double D, if you know where that's at, that's, that's a little bit... Yep, that's a little bit north of Defiance. Um, that whole area, at one point in time, was um, was taken over by the federal government and used essentially for manufacturing of regular munitions, explosives, as well as some radioactive material that came from the Malincrot operation. In I believe the Malincrot operation was in downtown St. Louis, wasn't it? Or it's just north, it, north yeah, of downtown. Yeah, it might have been. It was somewhere around here. Now I, I'm familiar with the story because. As an avid listener of Brad's former show, the BS in the morning, I remember Shelly and you would make jokes about how Francis Howell and Shelly's daughter went to Francis Howell. Right. There was a lagoon out there. Oh, yeah. And I remember fact-checking the BS show, and I should have known that you guys were 100% right. There was actually a lagoon on the property of Francis Howell School that, that, that included radioactive material. Well, let, let me tell you another story. I know a, a lady that I did business with years ago told me the story that, and she was divorced from from the guy at the time, her ex-husband, and this goes back maybe, I don't know, maybe into the 70s or 80s, her ex-husband was one of the football coaches at Francis Howell, and he was a PE teacher, but he was also the football coach, and he, she said that all of the football coaches there had some type of cancer, and she thinks it was because of the fact that it used to be a spring-fed uh, uh, drinking fountain out there on the football field that they used to wow. they used to drink water out of you know because at the time uh, they didn't have it piped into the regular um, the regular uh, water system out there that and her husband and the coaches used to drink water out of that that uh, that drinking fountain out there and and what's crazy about it is there's some really weird stories about uh, you know people in that area and the the crazy part of it is once you get south of the high school. There's nobody. The property is still either uh, under control of the state with the bush wildlife or it's still under control of the federal. There's nobody lives in that area until you get all the way down to Double D. And 
I will tell you a crazy story. This is sort of pretty funny. A friend of mine, and I won't go too much in depth in this because I get myself in trouble if I tell too much of the story. A friend of mine recently called me and, and said she was working with a guy who was going to provide some assistance to her company, and she thought that the guy was a little bit hinky, and she said that he lived in Hamburg, Missouri. And immediately I went, I said, well, you're getting scammed. And she says, why would you say that? Do you know the story behind Hamburg, Missouri? I don't, know. It sounds delicious, though. Actually, it's a very famous story back in the day. Uh, there were a couple of small cities along that along the Highway 94 route from south of uh, Francis House High School down to Defiance, and one of them was called Hamburg. And when the federal government came in and took over that area, they literally threw the people out. And they said, you have to leave by such and such a date. They essentially eminent domain the entire wow. city, completely you know, got rid of the entire city, and there were there are and 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 there were stories of people who were literally pulled out of their houses. Then the federal government came in, burnt the, the city down, and bulldozed it into the ground. And the only thing left is the Hamburg City uh, Cemetery, which is still there off of 94. You drive up and down, and it's, it's a little bit hard to find, but it's if you know where the water works on 94, and as people who drive that all the time know exactly where I'm talking about. It's a little bit north of the waterworks. The Hamburg City. Uh, memorial uh cemetery still there now one step further my kids went to francis howell there was some controversy about one of the superintendents i can't remember his name at the time when he was retiring his last year he took a sabbatical so in other words he essentially got paid to do nothing for the last year and he wrote a book he wrote a book about that area and he had pictures that was some of the i think post-dispatch photographers had taken where there were I, I remember one picture very distinctly where a woman is being dragged out of her house by federal agents as they get ready to essentially demolish her house and take the whole area over for the uh, weldon springs uh, plant and then what happened was uh starting Back in the in the early 90s, the federal government sent in a huge amount of people and resources to clean the place up. And to this day, there's this real fancy memorial. There's a building there, and it's it's like a, you go into the building and it talks about all the stuff. And right behind that building is that great big dome. That's where all the, the radioactive waste is in the dome. Wow! And you really? can walk. Yeah, you can walk up on top of that dome. It's crazy. I mean, it's I'm it's. I'm surprised that the city hasn't put, you know, hasn't made this a visitor's attraction. Well, like who wouldn't want to come see the radioactiveness? <laughs> well, that's see, that's the running joke. For a while, Lindenwood had a campus there, had one of their extension campuses there, but um, that's gone now. But it, it's it's a bizarre, weird story. And yeah, the the history of radiation, and, and I remember being surprised when you and Shelley told that story. So I think the takeaway for everybody is that this is, if you're driving on 94, Brad says avoid double D's. It's the first time that Brad is on record saying avoid double D. Well, no, no, it's just it's just one of those. <laughs> yeah, you listen to you, a little innuendo there. <laughs> no, it's just one of those crazy weird stories. And then, and like for example, you can still go out on the north side of the airport, right there in McDonald uh, McDonald Boulevard, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Sandy S. McDonald Boulevard. If you go, let's say you get off on 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 270 at McDonald, and you go east on McDonald, then you mm-hmm. cross over, you go through the Lindbergh intersection. Yep. Once you snake your way through some of the McDonald, uh, the Boeing plants right there, right on the right is still the working site where the majority of the radioactive waste was dumped. And right on the corner of that site is the Coldwater Creek. And that's how the stuff got into the creek, right there on the north side of the airport on McDonald, about a mile east of Lindbergh. And they're still, I, to this day, working 
that area, pulling out soil. I don't know where they take it. They've got their own private railroad spur that goes in there, and they fill up the rail cars. It, somewhere that that dirt goes somewhere and uh, you some- know what i think they've contracted with russell bliss to take it to times <laughs> beach and you just spread it over to keep the See, dust from there's from another city that nobody remembers if if you're under the age of about 30 if you say times beach people go what's That's that but, times- but brad i mean just brainstorming i think you've come up with for egbert listeners our first in-person tour we're going to do a tour of all the radioactive sites in the area we can do it all in a morning. We'll have our friend Stephanie Bell bring one of her trolleys in from mid-Missouri. We'll put everybody on a trolley, and we'll take them to all the contamination sites. There's a bunch of them. And, you know, it's it's sort of sad, you know, because because once again, it, it's back in the day, they had little or no idea. I think people knew the, the effects of it, but not as much as, 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 right, as we sure. know today. And, and you know, first of all, and, and our, our tour for listeners could be sponsored by one of the trial attorneys. Yes, like right. we could get Terry Crouppen or we could get <laughs> right. the Honor Law Firm or we could right, get right. somebody to sponsor well, us for you know, us, I think. You remember how this really came to a head, which became very prominent, that, that uh, McClure High School reunion. You know, you know the story behind that? Yeah, I do, and everybody got together and noticed that everybody had certain diseases. Well, is that what you mean? Yeah, a lot of people were didn't make yeah. I think it was like the 40th or 50-year reunion of McClure High School. This is going back like six or seven or eight years ago. And they everybody noted about how many people had died or very, very, very sick. Yeah. And one of the ladies that was there, you know, I think she she had like her somebody in her family had died of this, and she wasn't in good shape as well, too. She started doing a poll of all her high school uh, friends, because she apparently had the mailing list of all the the, the people from the high school, you know, uh, the people that that mailed out to come yeah. to the reunion, and she was surprised at how many had cancer and very weird, strange variants of cancer. Not not yeah. your typical. Was that Don Chapman, or did Don Chapman come around later? I don't know. I can't remember the name. Because that was that was that's the Just Moms STL movement, and I have to say, Brad, like I, you and I are both biased because we grew up in Spanish Lake. We know a lot of people who who are involved in this campaign or who claim to have these. My inclination, having worked at a pesticide manufacturer for 12 and a half years, is to view these claims very skeptically. So I worked at a company that manufactured Roundup, the, the, the compound glyphosate, which has been blamed for everything for, you know, you name a physical malady in the world and people blame it on pesticides. So my natural inclination is to be doubtful. However, and it's a big however, it appears anybody at least looking through these documents from, from the federal government show that there's something there about this radiation. Well, I, and I think that the problem is, think about it. We're coming up on, this is a, something that started close to, oh, I would just say, I was going to say 100 years. But you figure this started back in the late 30s. Yeah, I mean this. Whole... I mean, at least eighty years ago. I thought I thought it was mostly in the fifties, but oh, yeah, no, no, at no, least no, eighty no, years no, no, ago. No, 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 because this was in the forties because because this was the preparation for the atomic bomb. They dropped the, the two bombs yeah. they dropped in Japan. So that takes it back to you know at least nineteen forty five. Uh, so you know you go right there. If let's say it takes it back to forty three, that's eighty years. You yeah, know? I mean, and is that right? Forty three and twenty twenty three years. Yeah, it'd be eighty yeah. years. Eighty years. Okay. And the crazy thing about it is, is that there is a spot, and I'll give you another example of this, because I lived right across the street from it at the time. There's a road up in Hazelwood called Nyflot, N-Y-F-L-O-T, runs off of North Hanley Road. And a lot of people who lived along that street got cancer as well, too. That was one of the areas where they would come up, and back in the days, it wasn't called Hanley Road, it was called Graham Road, and they would take the dirt from the... 
uh, processing some of the stuff that was at the airport. They moved it off of, of, of the airport and moved it further north. They went up Graham, which is now North Hanley. They made a left on Niflot in, in uncovered trucks, and then they dumped a bunch of it back there in the industrial section of Hazelwood called Laddie Avenue. And there's another section, and this is bizarre. Years ago, I had a client, a guy who uh, at the time owned... He, among other things, how I got into him was he owned Barton Hire Wines, which at this time was a St. Louis brand. I don't even know their business anymore. And this guy owned all sorts of businesses, but he bought this business, and he wanted to meet with me about doing some advertising, stuff like that. And he had an industrial site there uh, off of Laddie Avenue, and there was a big mound of dirt in the back of his his, his warehouse area. And I go, what's that? He says, oh, that's that's the, the, the radioactive waste from, from the airport. And I go, like, no, it's not. And he goes, yes, it is. And it was. And you grew some tomatoes and other vegetables there and consumed them heartily. And that explains why you are the way you are. I've right? never grown a vegetable in my life. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, no. Stay clear of hey, vegetables. Hey, I do have some good news if we have a minute or two. Are we up against break? Yeah. You know what? I don't think I'll let you go with the other. The other I, I sidetracked you. You'd, why don't you do the other two? Uh, we did three. Did the other two. You got through one, didn't you? Until I yeah, s- I'll, I'll go through the other two quickly. Good news, though. According to the USDA, the Biden administration USDA research report, rural America, including in Missouri, rural America is experiencing a rare population increase. Now, this should probably not be a surprise to anybody who knows someone who once lived in a city. But uniquely, and the story is up today, it's from a radio station in Moberly. The spokesman for the Economic Research Service at USDA says that the shift away from urban areas into rural areas is due to expanded broadband access and job opportunities in renewable energy. So I know when we think of why would people leave a major urban area and go to a safe rural area, I know the answer is people just say, honey, you know, I enjoy the cultural enrichment here and I love replacing my car windows every few months after a smash and grab, but dang it, I gotta live closer to a wind turbine. So the good news is even the Biden administration is, is acknowledging move from urban to rural areas. But of course, it's due to renewable energy and expanded broadband. So congratulations to the Biden administration for this for this positive development. The only problem with that story, John, is there are very few wind turbines in Missouri because of the fact that we don't have that much wind. You go into northern Illinois, it's a different situation. Once you That's get true. Torch- but, you know, the, the wind energy, the Missouri Department of Natural Resources tells us that Missouri has more wind. The average wind speed is 10 miles per hour, more wind than Texas, more wind than a number of other states. And as of 2016, we had 499 wind turbines in the state of Missouri. Which is not very many. And I think that... Right, and it only contributes, it's less than 2% wind energy. I think that's mainly up in northern Missouri, because when you drive along 70, you don't see any wind wind turbines. You drive out 44, you don't see any wind turbines. You drive 55 south, you don't see any wind turbines. But if you drive 55 north in Illinois, once you get south of Chicago, you start to see them all over the place. I just think, I think, Brad, I think you're undermining the Biden administration's (laughs) wonderful job of renewable energy. And I think I, I think not, we should stop undermining their, not, uh, yeah. their significant investment. Yeah, you're right, John. I'm, I'm guilty. Go ahead and give the third one. And we're <laughs> the third one is the Kansas City Public Radio Station, KCUR, has a glowing tribute to the author of a book about Mitt Romney. And it has some relevance to Missouri because the story is essentially how Mitt Romney went from being a Republican devil who stood for Republican principles to being a brave fighter against Trumpism. And a good portion of the book details why Josh Hawley 
is impossible to work with, according to this biographer of Mitt Romney. So Mitt Romney is the good guy in the story because he's turned on Trump and or he never liked Trump, I should say. And he criticizes Josh Hawley. So Kansas City Public Radio uh, has a book promo from them on their website today. Does that surprise you? (laughs) Absolutely not. Of course not. Okay. Well, we'll pick up on that. Remind me, we'll come back. Let's pick up on the Josh Hawley thing because yes. I have good things to say about Josh Hawley and I'll th- I have bad things to say about and him. And you have comments on his jeans and his boots, Brad. <laughs> You've listened before. Okay. It's 723.